Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Katie Bramlett, what's going on? How you doing? Hi, Scott. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, everyone, Katie is the co-founder of We Shape, uh, bringing awareness to women's health and fitness. And my, my my first question was to not confuse people. I know you had um, a company before this, Warrior Made, and I was curious what the shift was and what the change was. And I'm sure there's some sort of story there, Katie. Yeah. So uh, I co-founded We Shape almost two years ago. And before that, my co-founder and I ran a different fitness company. We were doing really well with that company. We had a bunch of digital fitness products that were targeted at getting people abs and doing certain diets. And essentially, we were a body transformation company. And I kind of like to tell people that my Instagram life looked really good. I checked a lot of boxes. That company had made the Inc. 500 three years in a row. We were scaling our team. Uh, We were achieving a lot of success, but there was just a, a nagging voice inside that didn't feel settled. And I just got curious about that and followed that voice and eventually ended up deciding not to run that company anymore and starting WeShape. So it was it's it you know i like to tell people that one of the the biggest things that i feel like i have been able to do in my career and my personal growth is just be curious and crack the door to curiosity it's really hard to do that sometimes because sometimes we don't like what we see so once i sort of like started examining what we were doing and what we were selling and how we were selling it i started to feel like a lot of shame i started to feel like oh my gosh i'm contributing to a bigger problem in the fitness space that i didn't even know existed And I really had to kind of sit with that and not get stuck in that. I think shame can often keep us stuck. And then I just had to use that for fuel to go into our our new company. So essentially, We Shape is all about changing how and why people exercise. So the, the previous company was all about promising weight loss and body transformation. And I think one of the things that got me to kind of wake up a little bit to that was we had actually helped thousands of people achieve body transformation. Thousands. And um, the story was always the same at the end. It was either never good enough and they wanted to lose more weight or they thought that if they actually did it, they would change how they feel about themselves and they would they would acquire self-acceptance. And it just never happened. And so I thought we are we are going down the wrong path. What should we be focusing on? And my co-founder and I sat in that for a long time. And that's when we decided we have to shift the focus here. So we shape is all about changing, changing the fitness industry in a lot of ways. We're really focusing on, you know, how people exercise. So this idea be- behind kind of like exercise versus movement, which is like literally 10 episodes of your podcast all in one. <laughs> like it's like it's so layered because we are just so our culture is so inundated and washed in a in a in a methodology of like burn calories sweat as much as you can, no pain, no gain. And we forget a huge part of the equation, which is like mobility and movement and understanding your movement dysfunction and how that will contribute to injury and pain in your future. Like we don't think about those things, right? So um, we're really focusing on on the programming side, which is focusing on movement and how the body is supposed to move. And then we're also focusing on why people 
want to exercise? Are we, are we coming in with an intention of like changing who we are? Are we coming in with an intention to like meet a standard that someone set on us? Or are we using the opportunity to like connect with ourselves, connect with our body and, and find a little bit more self-acceptance. So we're on a different path now <laughs> and I it's love, chaotic, yeah. but it's because we're self-funded and we're a startup company and we're technology driven and I'm not technical, but it's, I've actually never had more peace in a weird way, right? Like I had that other life. I had tons of financial security. I had all of those things and I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have that peace inside. Mm. And even in, on this chaotic path of running a startup and self-funding and looking for investors and all of that, I actually have more peace than I've ever had. So yeah. I feel like that just goes to show that those things might not matter as much as we think. I love that. I love I love this whole thing. Sign me up for We Shape. I want to be. I want to sponsor this shit and do the whole thing. No, that this is amazing because this is, you know, I was just telling Katie. I'm, you know, we record on Fridays and I went to the gym and like even the it's just a, a never ending cycle and it's like the cycle you see of the the rich boss financial guy running to to money and it's oh it's not enough because you'll see a person that looks phenomenal oh I just got to lose another five pounds or I just got to do another body fat I'm like. What is going on? It's it's just it's never ending. And, and I, I was curious to know um, from Warrior Maid that feeling you were getting of shame and what you guys felt you were doing wrong. And I'm assuming it's just what the toxic weight loss culture we're talking about of just like you have to be a certain way. Is that what you were referring to with that? Because I was curious. Yeah, I mean, an older version of myself had good intentions. We were giving people diet advice and offering them like promises to transform their body and get six packs. Like the goal of what we were trying to be the catalyst for, it didn't feel right to me. But at the, I mean, later on, once I kind of, you know, I, I have this analogy of I was like driving in a car, but I wasn't in the driver's seat. I was in the passenger seat. I was just getting information from our culture, from our society, from different constructs saying, this is the way, stay on this highway. And then I said, wait a minute, I'm actually going to go into the driver's seat and take over here. And like, I, I kind of woke up to like, oh my gosh, people aren't actually happy. Like you think you're helping them, but like we're actually just destroying our culture emotionally. Like this is not sustainable. This is not actually doing what people even think they want. So at the time when I was sort of in the passenger seat, I had good intentions. I'm like, I'm giving people great advice to like feel healthy in their body. But once I started cracking that door to curiosity and asking hard questions, like, is it really helping people? Are we really on the right path? Is this really where we want to go? Is this really what we want to sell? Once I was kind of able to ask those hard questions, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to sell six-pack ab products. I I, I don't want to give people diet advice that's restrictive and psychologically toxic. Like, I don't want to do those things. And then we started asking, okay, what do we want to do? Like, what, what do we want to offer as a company? Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to shift the model to people first and profit second first and foremost, because in the old business too, it was like, okay, well, let's make sure we're constantly evaluating. I mean, obviously as a business, we have to make sure our numbers are sufficient and I have to pay people and, and run a business. But that was always the first part, right? Like what can we do to generate the, the, the largest profit margin? And now I'm not saying I don't think that we need financial resources because I do in order to be able to facilitate what I want for the company, but it's not my first priority. My first priority is how do we take care of the people who work for WeShape and how do we take care of the people who are using our products? So what are we delivering that's best for the human body? And what are we delivering that's best for the emotional and psychological and social state of our customers? And it's not getting them to get six-pack apps. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that it's just not where I'm being led anymore. I, I, I want to cultivate body acceptance. I want to cultivate a safe space where people don't feel judged. I want to cultivate, uh, I want to offer people permission to listen to that internal voice, even when the outside culture tells us something different. So like one of the first things people say when they, when they come in to use our product is they'll be like, well, how many times a week should I work out? And I'm like, I don't know. You're not a robot. Like, what does your body say? Like, are you tired? Do you have energy? Do you need rest? Do you need to walk? And I I have been shocked to, to discover like how disconnected we are and how much a lot of people rely on outside experts, quote unquote experts to tell us what to do with our own body. And I'm like, whoa. So if I can bring somebody in to do a workout and yeah, we have an incredible product that's rooted in biomechanics and exercise science. That's great. But my real goal is to get them to connect with themselves just a little bit more so that they can make decisions from within rather than steering their life from outside messages, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think this, this story has come in different forms. It always comes up because, um, like I was telling Katie, I run I run an advisory firm now, and I was I was in the hedge fund space, and all everybody wants to do is keep moving up the ladder. <laughs> I got I, I'm able to move quickly through that world. So I got to the CFO thing, and I said, Oh my god, this is like horrible. I just don't want to do that. And I think this is what people do. You end up thinking you're gonna feel a certain way when you attain a certain thing, and it's not quite how it works. And and I commend you for having a great like you changed thousands of people's lives physically. Like that's that's wonderful, and I'm sure. I guess, like, what were you seeing from the feedback of people when they they hit their goal? But was it that the happiness didn't change or that that thinking there would be enough? Was they were still feeling the same way? Was that part of it? Yeah, it was. Well, there was a couple scenarios. One, they would just say, OK, I'm done. <laughs> and then we never see them. And then our data would show that like our retention metrics weren't great. I'm like, well, whatever we're doing, maybe it's working in the short term, but it's actually not creating long term mm-hmm. sustainability. Or two, people would be like, yeah, it's not enough. Like, I'm not as happy as I thought. Or maybe if I just do five more pounds, or maybe if I have an eight pack instead of a six pack, like it just, it was the feeling of never enough. And I started really sitting in this concept of intrinsic inspiration versus extrinsic validation. And I sat in that for a long time. Like, is our company and brand and product facilitating intrinsic inspiration? Or is it is it down a path of like, people are here because they want validation from the outside? And that's when I really started to go, how do I get people to connect with self? Because it, what is the goal here? I mean, I think that we think we have to talk about that too. Like, what is the goal? Like, do people want to feel good? Do they want to look good? Like, what what is the goal? And for me, the the look good, it's a ticking time bomb. We're all going to age. We're all going to, you know, the standard of beauty always changes so that no one can really ever keep up with it. Like, so once I started dissecting some of those things, I really started to to better understand what maybe people needed. Maybe people were ready to shift their intention to, I just want to feel good and I just want to not be so in in search of that external validation for how I look. And I think that that, that intention can really shift everything in terms of your ability to sustain a workout program. I mean, we all hear like, I did the diet, I did this program, I did this exercise thing. Oh, it didn't work. I did this other thing. And I'm like, that's not working because it's coming from this intention of if I do this, then I'll feel this way. And then the outside world will validate me. So I want to shift that. I want to talk about how do we get that intrinsic inspiration to take care of our body? And I promise you, the scale is not going to give you that. Hell yeah. And you could, I mean, you could use this example with like Instagram in general and people trying to find external validation with the pictures or this or that. And I, I agree everything with what you're saying. Like, I, I think even though people may not think no. Like, 
you want to feel, I mean, you want to feel better. You want to feel enough, whatever that word is, but like, you just don't want to feel what's, what would be the word I would, I, I always wanted to just feel content with myself and not uncomfortable and, and just have something to, to, to strive for in a, in a healthy way. And I love that the, the first thing I think your, the, the website says was like, improve your energy, feel better and reduce pain. Because all the people that I, that I lift with, they look great and they're like, I can't feel my back. I can't move. And I'm like, what is the point of doing all of this if you can't – like, if you don't if feel you, good. You can't move. And today, today's my – like I do um, a posterior chain mobility today. And the guys are looking like I'm crazy. I'm doing one-hand hamstring stuff. And I'm like, guys, this is how I, I feel. Like you have to feel good. It's not just about the vanity piece. And I mean I guess that's – like you're up against an entire industry. So like how – what is the difference between let's say we shape and the um, the warrior mate or anything else going on in the um, in the industry? I mean everything. Uh, so let's start with the well, I want to say one thing first that you brought up that I feel is important, like in terms of the feeling like if you can't cultivate self-acceptance today in the body that you have, I promise you no amount of body transformation will create sustainable self-acceptance. If that's what I also saw with the people who did body transformation, they would be happy for a little while, but it was never sustainable. They would, it would always fade. So if you can't be ha happy or, or not even happy, I don't even like uh, happier. I, I, I go to acceptance because the reality is in the human experience, some days we're not happy with our body. Some days, days we're not positive with how we look. That's okay. But if, if you, if we can't cultivate self-acceptance today with the body that we have, I promise no amount of body transformation or six pack abs are going to, to cultivate that for you. That is, that is, that is what I have seen time and time again. But I would say the main difference is one on the programming side in the fitness industry, we don't have a set standard for quality, right? Like you could go to a personal trainer and I can go to a personal trainer and we can have vastly different experiences. Mm -hmm. Your personal trainer could be coming into a PhD program for physical therapy. My personal trainer could be coming off of a weekend course that they got a certificate, right? Those are vastly different skill sets. And um, so I think we are trying to reestablish an actual standard for fitness. Like, what does fitness mean? So we focus on all body weight exercises. Behind the scenes, it's really complicated from the programming side. But for the user experience, it's very easy. They log into the product and push play. Um, but we're focusing on how the body's supposed to move and addressing body dis like body movement dysfunction. So everybody has a dysfunction in their movement pattern. And if it's not happening today, it will happen at some point in their life where they're like, oop, that that dysfunctional movement pattern is now all of a sudden creating pain here, right? It could be something like my left shoulder, you know, I, I don't have full mobility or, or rotation in my left shoulder. All of a sudden, my right ankle starting to hurt. I can't understand why. It, it, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. So we really want to address like biomechanically how the body's supposed to move. So all of our programming is rooted in that. So that's why we do all body weight exercises because we want people to learn proper movement patterns in their own body based on their own needs. Mm. So um, the fitness industry is not like that, right? Our old company where I made was not like that. It was like, do this many push-ups and do this many sit-ups. And if your back hurts, oh, well, push through it. No pain, no gain. How many calories did you burn? How much did you sweat? And our new product is how does your body move? How does your body feel? And people often think that they're going to come and not get a good workout with us. And then after a couple of times, they're like, oh, I, I misspoke. I, I'm sorry. I'm like, I promise you can get a quote unquote good workout, even if you're focused on these, these, these fundamental programming principles. But the fitness industry doesn't do that. 
And I promise you, like sitting on an exercise bike for 30 years, if people like to do that, I never want to discourage people moving their body if they like it. But when you actually think about that for a second, like really, will that serve your movement patterns? Will that serve the functionality of your body? I, I don't know. I don't I don't really think so. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll answer the, the part of this question for you from just what I saw was uh, I believe you guys really put in a little bit of positive psychology um, into into your mix and that mixed with like the feeling of community, that connecting piece besides connecting with your body. I think having something bigger to work for and being like in it together, that does a lot. Like it, it comes back to meaning, I think for me. And I think that gets short lived in fitness in particular, because it's a very, it seems that, you know, people want to oh, do it by your, I could do it by myself. I could watch, see the one person on Instagram looking hot and this guy, you know, I get the girls or this. It's a very like vanity driven world. And it seems that you guys are doing the opposite that way too. Yeah. So the movement side that like, that's what we're addressing on the fitness side, like, like um, how people exercise mm -hmm. and the why is all about the kind of the social change. So we do have daily zoom calls where our members can, can come together and connect and just talk about some of these topics. Um, so we do have a, a heavy sense of community because anytime you are trying to go against the grain, it's very lonely to do it by yourself. And we recognize that. And so just having discussions like this and, and, un, and talking about the, the downside of toxic weight loss culture and what it can do to us emotionally and psychologically and socially as a community, sometimes that's enough to really just sit in and, and have small, subtle shifts around how we view ourselves, how we view our behaviors, how we view, um, friends, family, culture outside of us. So the social and the psychological piece are huge. They're big pillars in our product. We don't just offer the workout. We offer the other side because we know it's going to take a community of people coming together to rewrite this narrative if we're really going to evoke change in this industry. Mm -hmm. How do you stop living in the construct of the vanity world that we live in today? I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't know that we ever fully get to unsubscribe from it. So I often use this, this idea of, you know, I think there's sort of two internal voices that are going on all the time, like our true self and sort of the outside messaging that, that seeps in. That's really not our own voice, but the voice of others that we were raised with, you know, family, culture, everything. And I talk about how when babies are born, that internal dial of self is turned to a 10, right? A baby does not care if you're in a meeting, if you're hungry and you're about to eat lunch, like if they need something, they let you know. And over time, that that 10 goes way down and the external dial of the construct gets turned up. And I think that we can never turn that external dial off unless we're just going to live in a cave, which I don't really have intentions of doing that. Sometimes I feel like I want to do that, <laughs> mm -hmm. but my true intention isn't to do that. I still want to be in connection with community and the greater world. So I think the goal for me personally is how do I keep the internal dial turned up just a little bit louder than the external dial? And so I'm constantly checking in with myself like, oh, where are you making this decision from? Are you making this from you? Like, is this how you actually, is this, is this, is this coming from you or is this coming from an external voice? That's not you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's life's work. Really. I don't know that we ever, and I still make decisions sometimes. Oh, I did that. Didn't really like how that felt. Oh, that wasn't really me. That was making a decision from that space. And I, so I don't think it ever really goes away, but I think being open to acknowledging it and evaluating it and sitting with it can do a lot.
Yeah. I could talk about this one all day. This is my favorite topic because this is like what I've studied. Like my 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 work this year, like my big overarching goal has been um you I think you you called it the other voice, but it's the self and you know, but Nietzsche would say the self and the ego, Young would say, but whatever the, the, the self and the ego. And if you watch that voice, I've been listening, I've been watching what that voice says, the ego. It is just full of shit. It just says <laughs> uh, it is never right about anything. And particularly with you're working out because I've seen my whole life. I was at 240 and I said, just get skinny. You'll feel better about, better about yourself. Got to 150. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Why'd you went so crazy? I was like, oh, I'll put on muscle. Oh, no, I got to put on more muscle. It's like a it's a never ending cycle. And that that voice never stops. But I, I do think playing with it and having like understanding that's kind of a joke because at this point, I'm like, it's like a culmination of your parents and the people in your life and the people you're going to listen to that just come together and like, oh, all right, just you have to push that to the side. But knowing that, and I think uh, understanding like that voice is usually wrong. I've checked that voice all year. It's been wrong every single time. And it's really incredible. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of chatter. And I try to remind myself too, like, is that voice like anxiety, rapid thoughts? Uh, like, wait, like I try to identify like the characteristics of the tone of the voice. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. Like usually my intuition and my deeper sense of self is coming. It's slower. It's quieter. It doesn't have any, you know, desired any particular outcome that it's desiring. Like you can start to cultivate sort of a real understanding of, of the two different paths. But it is, you know, this is part of the human experience. I don't know that we're going to get out of it, really. No, and so it's no. like, how do we just manage it? How do we uh, create and cultivate community around us that can support, right? Like people, I the best people in my life are people who support that voice. Regard, they don't have a they don't have a personal investment in it. They're like, that's what you think. Oh, oh my gosh, I think you should do that, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about you know. So figuring out who those people are, I think, also are really really important because they help turn that internal dial up. And when we surround ourselves with people who are after something completely different, that those voices get really loud and it gets harder and harder and harder to hear that internal voice. Yeah. That's really like once I, um, in my mid twenties, I was like, I did everything that the society told me to do. You have to become a millionaire. You have to marry the beautiful girl. You have to build the house. I did that. And I'm like, I feel awful. I feel like I just lived. Yeah. I was like unconscious. And I said, what the hell is this? And this is when I dug into all this stuff. And I look at it now that the self is your more like your divine self, your intuition, all the soft skills, the yin. And then the yang is that is that animalistic primitive side. It really did that voice. It wants you to like survive. But the good news is there's not a lion chasing us. So relatively like we're good because that's always I, I was always fearful in my 20s. That was that voice that don't do this. Don't do that. And that's what I think drives people to not become who they're meant to be. And um, when you start raising the internal dialogue and I love, you know, I don't know if you guys do any mindfulness training or any of that stuff, but, you know, starting your day up, not on the phone and just calming down the mind for me, like changed everything because immediately it's kind of doing this. Your, your inner voice is going up and the ego is dropping. Yeah, I definitely do a couple minutes every morning. We have a sauna and that's my little safe haven. Yeah. Um, blocks out some of the noise from all my children and animals everything, <laughs> and I just got to hide in there. And um, I do feel like those even that five or 10 or 15 minutes of just being with my own being with myself is really a, a way to kind of drop into that space a little bit more. I totally agree with you on that one. The, the, how you start your day is how your day kind of flows and goes. So um, I know that it's it can be hard, but any the days that I have that, that I'm way easier to to call out the ego on those days than if I just jump right into the busyness of of life. So I yeah. totally resonate with what you're saying there. 
I told everybody in the day job because we got the suit on. I'm like, in the, I'm in that character mode, We're dealing with billionaires. And I tell everybody, like, if, if the ego of Scott comes out, just tell me and I'll just go home. Like, I got to check myself because sometimes you're just in a bad, you're having a bad day and it's rough. I, right? The kids will tell me, Scott, go home and go meditate because you have to get, you have to get so off. So how, how do you do that? Because like, I have to be honest, I get really triggered in spaces where there's people with a lot of power and a lot of wealth and a lot of. And, and they're really down the path of yeah. more, 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 more. Like I've been in these environments for years now. And um, every time we go somewhere that's going to be this environment, my partner and co-founder will be like, oh, no, are you OK? <laughs> I'm like, I'll be OK. But I do struggle with it because I, I really have been evaluating a lot this idea. I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Zukov. Absolutely. Of course. Oh, don't you just love him? Like Amazing. I just I, I like I just. But How could you not concept- like him? His concept of authentic power, right? Like everything that our culture stands for and everything that we are driven for in our society has nothing to do with authentic power. It's like ego power. Mm -hmm. And so I get really triggered in those environments. So I would love any advice that you have when you're, when you're surrounded. I mean, the, the truth is like, I don't even care about them. It's about, I, I just try to be the most authentic version of myself. Like my, my goal in every room I walk in is to like, listen, you have to look a certain way in my, in my line of business. But like I was in a hedge fund and I had to have the hair slicked back. And like, you know, I was like playing on the Yankees. I said, this is like stupid. Now they're my clients. I'll treat by respectable. But if I can come in and bring the playful energy of me into a meeting with a billionaire, you would be surprised because these guys are up in their high horse, but they're like, they almost want to be because there's two sides to me. There's this guy you're getting the playful check side, but then there's also like the Brooklyn kid of like you're not that shit's not gonna fly here. Like you think you have power, you have no power for me. Like there's this is not like you're coming to me, blah 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 blah. But there's that that side of like I'm here to help you authentically, and I do think those people are so used to somebody getting over them and doing a shtick that when you're just yourself, they kind of come down. A little bit, and there's different styles. Like I, I've told people, like everybody asks me, what, what a billionaire is like, and there, there's two sides. There's there's sour patch kids. There's the sweetest people in the world that will help you. That puts their housekeepers through college and this and that and help people. Oh, yeah. And then there's the kid who got three billion from his dad, and that kid. You know, that's I deal with all of them, but I, I think going into things authentically and truthfully, and being able to like like the reaction of people is my biggest issue in life. And I I was so happy during COVID. Because I was just here. I was by myself meditating five mm. hours a day. I was like, I, I was a, a Buddha. It was amazing. And then COVID comes back and you have to go into the office and you have to go see clients. And what happens is I was getting annoyed again. And I'm like, what, 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 what is going on? I wanted to go backwards. And I don't think like how you said, you, it's easy to be a Buddha and like a, a sage to go sit on a mountain. But I don't think that's not to knock the monks. I don't think that's actually living, living life. And I, I think being able to to like that voice is going to pop up, right? So when you go in that meeting, that's that ego popping up of like, check, 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 check. Like that, that's all that goes on with me. Cause it's, it's almost like if I meet a 30 a kid, guy, my age, 35 year old Jewish kid who literally thinks I'm beneath him and do all this stuff. It's like, it's my job to turn him around. If I can make like a little dent in just the way he thinks, because I never would talk about the podcast or this or that, a wellness. I, I always have, now it comes up in conversation all the time. Like I saw, you know, you do this. And cause I always bring up, I'm up at 4am. I do this or that. And it's a, I kind of make it my goal to let them get off the track a little bit. Like I'll give you an example. This guy, um, I've told this story before. This dude sold his patent to AstraZeneca for like $6 billion. So miserable, so upset. His first thing he was upset about was that his friend was worth $8 billion. That, that This is true. He was actually upset about that. 
<laughs> then okay. he sold the company, another company, made another $6 billion, $12 billion now he's worth. Forget what it does and all that stuff. Like You don't need $100 million. You're fine. Then it turns into um, somebody's going to take my money. So I have to give him, uh, he wanted secret service guys. So I have to go give him secret service guys physically. Then it turns into somebody's going to steal my money digitally. Had to give him a tech guy. And I, so the, the story is, if you don't fix the root of the condition that you have, mm-hmm. like what we're talking about, it's the same story, just with, with billionaires, then you're not going to fix it. And to this day, he was still running around doing his whole, doing his whole shtick. Something, I think he had, um, he didn't believe in COVID or anything. And he, he got super sick and had a little bit of a change of heart with like working so hard and all that stuff. But you can just see the anxiety or paranoia, or the neuroticism moving from piece to piece. And, you know, I'll still, I think he respects me. Like he won't talk to anybody in the company. He's thinking, I'm like, I'm a freaking like his life's work is trying to cure cancer. So that's, you know, he means well, mm-hmm. but like smartest, one of the smartest men I've ever met in my life. But, you know, some people just aren't going to, there's those who are going to get it and those who aren't. And I think acceptance is, is, is a big, is a big part of it. I'm sorry to give you like such a long answer there. I just went off on the tangent. No, here. no, no. I just, I get fascinated with this topic because I, well, like, for example, like I've been one time I went to this event and there was like tons of very wealthy people there. Um, and most of the event, like there were most of the event was like talking about how they could get more wealth or how they could uh, get out of more taxes. And I just like had this moment of like, look at all these powerful people in one space. And what could we collectively do with our power and resources in a really broken, really, really a world full of suffering. And it was just, it just, it just took me down psychologically. I was like, I can't be a part of this. This is not why I'm on this earth is to get more or to, you know, pay less taxes. Or I just, it it just isn't me. And it's really hard because I've noticed this pattern in myself because, and I think you were saying this, like when you're interacting with these people who have a ton of wealth, you almost are like, it doesn't really phase you. Like you're not really like going, you're not really enamored by it. And I'm, I'm the same way. And I think people can feel that. And I have noticed in these environments sometimes that people will want to poke me a little bit over that because they can they can feel my sense of not really caring so much about that. And I think people in certain levels of wealth, maybe not everyone, have an expectation that they're going to gain automatic respect and admiration. And I just don't really offer that because I'm really looking for like the soul and the human behind what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I do have a harder time because I, I want to I. I, I feel like there's a huge um, uh, gap in wealth, in power, in privilege. And I really have been on a on a, a a personal mind quest of how do we how do we bridge that gap? Right. Like one time I went to this event and um, uh, we were talking about white privilege and it turned into a challenging conversation. And I left the conversation and I thought to myself, if my co-founder would have been talking about what I was talking about, he would have been considered like a thought leader. But because I was talking about it, it was like radical feminist. Here we go. Let You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was it was all who was delivering the message. And and since then, I've really thought about that a lot. Like it where where how do we bridge this gap? And the only thing I've been able to come up with so far is the people who have the most privilege have to be a part of that because 
that's how we get things to shift because no one was willing to listen to me. And I know that had my my partner said something, they would have been like, oh, really? Like, tell me about where you read that. You know, I just I've watched it over and over and over again. So I don't know. Fascinating topic. I think about this topic a lot. Uh, but that's that's so like it just annoys me because I, I see that a lot, too, with who says what and what says what. But the, but the truth is, if you, if you keep showing like I look at it like if I show up and just do my like that's basically like what I do now. We pitch that we're one stop shop for billionaires like I don't even know what I do anymore. I'm just a problem solver for because as successful as they are, they're very stuck in their ways. Because if you are, if you have an operating system of wealth, that is your goal, and that's awesome, rock yeah. and roll. But if you give a hundred ninety percent of your hundred percent to your wealth, like you're going to be missing out on crazy other facets of life. So in my twenties, that's basically what I was doing, and now it's weird because like. I have some money, but I just don't care. It was never a thing to me. I'm like, eh, I just, I, I'm like a hippie. I just want to smoke my weed. I want to relax. I just want to be like, I just want to, I just want to like have my peace. Like my, my highest value. I think you, you said it. Use content or you know whatever. It's peace. Except I just want peace yeah. and calmness. But like, if you give 110 percent to that, you're missing out. Your family. You're missing out on like reading or just things that are like multiple different facets. So I try to be like a Renaissance man of like the mind, body, and spirit because I, I think that gives your life a lot more vibrancy and diversity and just like being like freaking, I can just talk about anything. It's just so much fun getting a chance to do that. And I think for people like me who things get bored very quick, I get bored very quickly. I want to keep shifting in and out of like these different characters almost. Cause I do stand up comedy at night. It's like, there's no rhyme that. or reason to it. And I love that impermanence. I've accepted the impermanence of life. Cause that's always something that I feel like people have an issue doing. Like you go down a path. Oh, it's not really the path. Like how, how you did warrior made. You had to do warrior made so you can get to we shape. It's it's the way it goes. And instead of focusing on, well, I shouldn't have done that or this or that, like that guilt, that guilt trip that we all put on ourselves. Um, it's the everything happens for a reason in a way. And people could say that's not true, but it's the meaning that you're giving it. That's the most important part. So if you sit yeah. there and say it doesn't matter, it's, it's a negative. Like my divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me. It changed who yeah. I was like fundamentally. Um, I was like a CPA. I was an accountant. Imagine me in a, as an accountant. I was like, a, I'm a crazy person. I don't shut up. So my CFO was like, yo, you don't stop talking to people. I'm like, oh, what do you want me to do? Like, I, it's just a natural thing. So I think rem when you you know deep down, like that that the real voice, that that um divine voice, as I call it, that is your truth. That's the path to where you have to go. And listen, you're going to have a ton of fear and all that stuff and calming that ego down and getting your – like. The, what you're working on is the mind and the and your your mind and your body, which is two two out of the three. I'm sure there's some spiritual shit in there as well. But like having those three optimized will give you clarity and clarity and awareness is what starts you being able to take where you want to go. Because I feel like this is a lot. Of, I feel so bad. I get an email, a bunch of emails every week. Just I don't know what to do. I'm stuck on this path, and I'm like I'm still sort of I don't know what I'm doing either. Like I don't think it's 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 never ending. This this like well, I mean, if somebody comes to you and says they figured it out, that's pretty much a red flag. Yeah, exactly. And listen, <laughs> that just some... beats the whole human experience, right? Like mm -hmm. there's always something to learn. There's always something that we're going to, a lesson that we're going to have to go through. And um, so I appreciate you. I just appreciate your openness. I feel like a oh, lot of, of people, um, I think what I've seen is a lot of people will experience the success and the wealth and all of the things that our culture says is meaningful. And then they get stuck there. And that is heartbreaking to me because I'm like, ooh, you know, that's a lot of power that could be used elsewhere. And so 
Um, I just appreciate your your willingness to oh, not get stuck. Oh, yeah, there. I got lucky. I just got lucky because what's worse is the people who are striving for that now and don't – that's not what they want. And I just got lucky I that know. I got everything at, at 25, 20. I was so – like that feeling of like, oh, this was supposed to make me happen. I, I, it, like it all hit me once like society was telling me to get married. Like I, I And I still – it's weird because people like – being the divorce guy, people think I I love weddings still. I planned my cousin's weddings. I'm sitting there doing the party favors last week. I love this shit. It just wasn't that time for me. It's just I'm on a delayed thing because I want to have my own things and figure out my own stuff. But figuring out that path and being able – like the people who are going with the wave, it's it's all good with them. But the people who go against the wave, which are usually open-minded people, which are the people listening, is people using we shape, those are the people with the issues. And it's like I get this email too of like, Scott, I'm awake. But I see everything now and I fucking hate him. Like, I know. Welcome. Take you took the red pill, bro. You're out of the matrix. I know my friend and I, my best friend and I talk about this a lot, like how grateful we feel for that opportunity to to maybe leave an old life behind and to see things in a different way. But it does come with a heaviness for sure. Like my biggest one is this whole, uh, you know, white privilege and wealth and the the inequalities of the world and oppressed groups like I really I feel all the heaviness of that Mm -hmm. and I want to, you know, and I, I think where I'm being led right now is just keep doing the work that we're doing. Right. Um, and, and, and not try to like fight that battle in a way that, cause it's like when I try to fight that battle, I notice that people aren't, if you're not, if you're fighting that battle with someone who's not available for it, it doesn't go anywhere. It actually just fuels my, my frustration, right? So one of the things I do in the sauna every morning is I actually say, you know, universe, bring me people who are ready for we shape because I don't really want to change people's minds. I want to collect, I want to, I want to form a collective group of people who want to evoke change in a really meaningful way and use power for good. And I, I, I don't know that my life's work is to convince people otherwise. So I think that your perspective will help me. <laughs> oh, of course. Because I get like, really triggered and stuck in like, how do we change all I just, of these people listen, who I, have so much power? No, I laugh. I literally laugh in their faces. And I'll tell you that there is like the reason this podcast got started. You've heard of Kind Bars, right? Like a Kind Bar, the, like the Kind oh, yeah. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mr. Lubetsky, shout out to him. He's the reason I started this. He was the one who told me because he's like, I would never talk about this stuff with clients. I had like this awakening in my late 20s and I just wouldn't talk about it. I'm embarrassed. I'm a, I'm a weird spiritual guy. I'm doing meditation, whatever. Oh, yeah, I saw this thing you're doing. What's going on? And he was the, he funded, you know, gave me some money to, to start this podcast, actually. And he thank you, Mr. Lubetsky, the best. So there is definitely some good people. But the ones that are – it's just interesting now because we are like all these little characters, especially when you see like a classic – you would hate these people. East Coast, oh, Jewish, no. <laughs> is from Israel. These guys who are like, oh, I owe you $200,000. This, this is what happens to me for some people. I, I'm not going to say who because I'll get sued. Oh, I owe you two hundred fifty grand. i am not going to pay you. Um. But I'll pay you half and we can just call it a deal. And if you go to your lawyers, I'm, I'm only, you're only going to get half. Of it. So like, what am I going to do in that situation? Am I going to get myself all ups, upset? So like I – and all I do is get myself upset on Sundays. Today I'm, I'm really in my fucking mode, Katie. So like you're really getting me on a great day. But nobody <laughs> – um, the days I'm on, no, because they're like a little show to me. So it's like a little character. Like imagine what that guy's – the people around him feel like. Oh my god. You have to deal with that guy every day? So for me, yeah. it starts with like – the first thing I tell people who want to change the world and all this stuff, and this is not, you're actually changing. Like you're really, you're, you're way past this, but like a kid who's like 20 and like, I'm like, are you sleeping right? Are you eating right? Are you, are you doing everything like accurate? Do you have that in control? Then bring it out another level. Um, are, the, are, the, are you making the people around you? Are you a positive impact or are you a vampire? Like, which one are you? Like there's, there's usually two and start there. And usually 
that'll take you to, to, to your thirties and then come back and talk to me again. Cause I'm still, I'm still working on that. Like I'm pretty good, but someday that could be a dick. It's just how it is. Um, so that's the way I try to explain it to, to the, to the younger people. But um, like if you're making it like what you're doing, you're, sh you're changing people's not only the bodies, not, that's a small part of it. It's, it's, you're changing their, their minds and that's what's going to flutter. I don't think you realize well, what you're doing. Like you're dropping the, the pebble in the pond and just, it's floating out. Well, that's what always happens is people come here and they're like, I want to work out. And I'm like, surprise, <laughs> we're actually going to be addressing these other things because um, they all go together. So I feel super grateful, you know, uh, to be able to have the platform to address all of it. So we're addressing the whole human. And um, my partner and co-founder's passion is this movement piece. He's like a movement expert. He mm -hmm. really understands the biomechanics of the human body. And it really helps a lot of people. A lot of people come to us in a lot of pain. And so I feel so grateful that they have that resource. And my passion is really this collective, cultural, social narrative. Like I really want to just evoke a little bit of change there because it doesn't serve us as human beings. And I really think about the the whole existence of, of the human race and how much power we have and how we use that power. And I think if we could shift it a little bit in this lifetime, it would have a significant impact. Like think about the collective whole of the world. Like if we all got on the same page, pointing in the same direction for a common good, like that would be... I just, that blows my mind all the time to think mm -hmm. about that. And so it it starts with one person at a time. And so while I get overwhelmed with the capitalistic, uh, you know, power and, and, and privilege, I also know that like, all I can do is have it start with me and create a platform and community of people who are on the same page and slowly but surely create some sort of change. I think our world is ready for it. I don't know if you feel that, but lately I've really been feeling this sort of like, we've been doing it this way for so long and it doesn't really seem to be working in the way that it did before. Um, and so I just have to keep showing up and and offering my energy and my time to to pave a different way and i do oh. think it can start with the body and i think that it can it can really have an amazing impact so just gonna keep trying no i i agree totally like don't let the because i hang out with the billionaires fool you like i really I, I, that that's what i struggle with is like you're really who you're really helping like you're helping the one percent i'm like ah, i gotta get paid though bro come on give me some money that's why I do the podcast to make me feel better but the the the, the truth is i i think no matter what there's going to be the people who are with us. That's the, let's say the open-minded people, the we shapers, the cause and the effectors, those people. Then there's the ones in the middle that you're going to be able to change. Some are just going to get left by the wayside. At least the people I'm saying now, like 65 year old dudes from Brooklyn and, and, and the East coast who want money. This like, I'm not changing nobody. And this is, uh, I think through action too, like talking about it, awareness will change, but actually through action, like just by me being me and like doing what I do, like have my little, like having my little cousins, the, 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 the next generation. Oh, what are you doing in the morning? What's this mindset book? And I never will push. I, I don't talk about this stuff on anybody. Cause I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a guru. Just do like whatever you want. Make you feel happy. But then my little cousin was having an issue passing a test, like a, the nursing exam. He's like, how do I do this? I gave him the, the mindset book and we went out for dinner the week before to celebrate him passing. And he's like, what are we doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm not saying this was the reason I was like, just getting them all ready. I had to do some stuff and he passed it. He's like, holy shit, this works. I'm, like, I'm not saying it worked. I was like, I'm just giving you some tools here, bro. It's just like, it's all, you gotta pick out of your toolbox what you want. So somebody can pick we shapes somebody can pick meditation. I'm a nut. Cause I want everything. So, you know, I want to just 
give everybody because I feel like there's so many different tools people could pick. You could pick anything you want. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's such a great time to be alive. But I think no matter what, unfortunately, Katie, you're going to leave some people behind. And honestly, yeah. And, and my fuck addiction anyway. in this life is control. And so I work through that a lot. Like yeah, it's not go. my job. Let go to that control. Shit. I, I think, yeah, I think where I feel the heaviness is that um, I do have a lot of privilege in this world. And so I sometimes feel like I could be the bridge between people who have less privilege and people who have even more privilege to, than me. Could. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's just a, a tricky world to navigate. Like how do you create change and impact being in that position? And I think I'll probably be dissecting that question for the rest of my life. And all I can do is continue, I think, to probably look inward and give my energy and time to things that I feel can make a positive change. Yeah. Making me ready. feel you're making me feel like I'm not doing enough. Maybe I could be a bridge too. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I just I don't know. Like I I feel like when you if you just do a math equation, right? I would say the majority of the people in this world want equality and basic human needs to be met. But it's like we somehow have to collectively come together to to create that change. I, I don't think that the majority of the world is sitting in the most powerful seats. It's actually the the minority of the population. Like it's in number when you're talking just like mathematically, oh. right? Like like it's the greater whole is is bigger than the sector of people who have the very most privilege. But it's so that's why it's such a power trip to me that like this sector of people have this much privilege, myself included. And the rest of the world is, 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 you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a possibility and I feel like the world is changing, but I, I won't, I would be lying if I said sometimes it doesn't take me down. I, 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 I do feel a lot of heaviness and sadness for how people in, in privileged positions have used their power. Mm-hmm. It, it really is something I think about a lot and something I want to, I don't want to just sit in it and not do anything. Right. I have privilege. I have power. How can I, how can I make change? How can I impact and 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 offer something to somebody yeah. who doesn't have as much? No, absolutely. I mean, you're doing your best. No matter what, like you can't change as much as you want to change or control the others. You can only work with what you got. And maybe you could you're changing people. Like the powerful, they'll maybe, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I I I've 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 thought about that too. And it's like I think the system now we're gonna go down deep political, just the system runs like broken. This whole thing of like, yeah. oh, you fight. I, the, my, so all the clients, because they're all in it, right? All the, the, the billionaires who are Republicans tell me I'm a Democrat, and all the billionaires who are liberals tell me I'm Republican. I'm like, guys, I, I just have my views, and I don't care about because like I don't, I don't play a game. I'm like, you're not trying I'm, to categorize it. No, and I don't really think that categorization works because the truth, the truth is, it's all, it's like a, it's pro wrestling to me. It's a, it's, a, it's a, it's a pretend yeah. fight. You Trump will yell at Hillary and Hillary. Guess what? They're all millionaires and they're all living and they don't give a shit about you. Hate to tell you. So that's that's the, the way this is. And until somebody wakes up and says, well, maybe we should work on the education. Maybe we should work on law and order. Maybe we should work on the homeless. Why aren't those issues fucking fixed? That, that should be the mm-hmm. first thing ever fixed. But for some reason, it's about the nonsense. So that's why I don't really watch politics or any of that stuff. I just I just like, you know, I want to try to help people on the granular level. Um, but that's, that's what I'm talking about, though. Isn't it so crazy that we could collectively come together and solve all those problems in a pretty quick period of time? With a billion but like, bucks, you could. Solve we it. just are 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 
we're on a path that's like in a different direction that's rooted in power and control and and it will get and worse profit I think. And, honestly yeah. katie you're, you're, you're no don't this. say that <laughs> just no no it's gonna get worse before it gets better but like you need to go when it's always darkest before the dawn whatever like you're in this part this part where the hard science is really sped up very quickly the technology this and that and i think it's a detriment like i literally hate I, I wish I lived in like the forties. I wish I had a book and I could meditate and I could just, yeah. I would be sitting with Ram Das in Hawaii and Maui, well, not Maui anymore, but somewhere like that. Right. But now it's time. Something else will happen and people will like, if you're talking about the trend, like uh, Zukov, your friend spoke about this. It's a transformation of consciousness, right? The only thing that transforms consciousness is something happening. Like if you actually think about what consciousness is, right? It's, it's being aware that you're aware. So if you think about what that first person was that woke up, that was like, fuck, I'm, I'm what, what it, like the, the caveman that did that. He probably did something really bad. That's always my, I had a comedy bit about that. Like it was probably a dude who was enraged, killed his wife, killed somebody. It's like, oh my God. And that's what, what consciousness was. That's how you actually change the, the, the whole consciousness. So something really terrible is going to happen. And whether it's like a collapse of the economy, nothing, nothing too crazy. Then people say, oh, fuck. I have to change because there's not the like we're proactive people. Some people react and they're going to like wake up to it in in a, in a harsher way. But I think it's time for the soft sciences to come back, philosophy, psychology, because you need these to combat. If you're a kid and I wake up and I go on my phone and I'm staring at my phone and I'm buying whatever Balenciaga for a thousand dollars and then I'm eating processed foods and then I have an ulcer. It's like, yo, dude, you got to wake the fuck up, bro, because it's it's that's, you know, it's yeah. it's rough for people that aren't awake. Like I feel really bad, like my little cousin couldn't order pizza. I'm like, yo, order, order a pie. He's like, I can't, I, I got to order it. I'm like through Uber. I'm like, no, no, no. Call up the person, dude. And talk. I mean, it's a whole nother issue. being able to talk to people. It's like, oh my God, thank God. Nobody could talk in my business. Cause we'd be, we'd be done. Um, Katie. Yeah. I, I know, yeah. I know you're on the, I know you're on the time thing here, but come on again for another one. Cause I could do this with you for like hours. So I know this is some good. These are some good topics. I yeah. I appreciate it. I would love to connect with you again because you're of a fun course. guy to, to chat about these things with. No, of course. And you. But can I'd love to give your yeah. listeners a a link to WeShape if they want to come check us out. And I actually host one of the weekly Zoom calls, so Ooh. I talk about these things all the time in our in our community. So people can go to WeShape.com. Uh, forward slash causing the effect and they can get a two week free trial and then come join me in a zoom call and we can talk about this stuff because stuff matters to me and I want to figure out a way to uh, use the privilege that I have for, for something greater in this world. Absolutely. I will see you there then Katie. I'm going to sign up and I'll come check you out. And guys, if you want to check, yeah, hit, hit me up if you want to see what days I'm going to do it too. Cause this is just going to be fun. You can just hear me and Katie blather about <laughs> um, life. We're on, every, we're on a million different topics there. Um, and you can find the link below in the notes. You can find notes on Katie on WeShape, whatever you need. Katie, thank you so much. This was really a lot of fun. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate it. Of course. Causing the effect, guys. Thank you so much. As always, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>